It's Vince Murata. Join us Wednesday. We will wrap up the NFL season with Mark Schlereth and transition right into baseball. D-backs first workout. Spring training is here. Starting at 6 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. It's a great rejoin. Turn this up right here, right? Gather around. You know, Wolf, if you want proof that you can bet on anything, I just got from, like, one of those betting sites. You can bet on who the Chiefs' week one opponent is going to be. So you can bet on, like, how the schedule makers are going to Okay. And they have lines already for each of the potential matchups. Wow. Are you serious? And, and like, right I, now you can wager something. Yeah. What, what are the odds? I mean, what do they give you? So they have the Chargers as the most likely week one opponent, which as I laugh at this and I start to look at this, I'm like, well, it's not going to be the Chargers. Uh, they have Baltimore second. That would probably be... Um, then they go Cincinnati, Houston, Raiders, Bucks, Broncos, Saints. Okay. Probably the Ravens, right? Oh, my goodness. And, yes. and if you do think it's the Ravens, you can get Ravens plus three right now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind that the schedule's not out. Look, free agency hasn't happened. The yeah. draft hasn't happened. Look, bro, if you're, if you're wagering right now, <laughs> you, you need to pick up the phone and call somebody. Hypothetical games. Just saying. Hypothetical right. matchups. Pick up the, get some help, bro. Um, the the game on Sunday, which was an actual real game, Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and we were talking about this before the show. What uh, you know, what could the Cardinals potentially learn from that game, or what do you want to see the Cardinals implement that we saw in that game? I mean, my first answer is they could learn the overtime rules so they're more prepared than the <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think everybody just learned those. Um, I, I, the the biggest the biggest takeaway I have. From that perspective, Wolf, is just how difficult this is going to be. Like, Brock Purdy, the, his last three drives, the San Francisco's last three drives of that game, Brock Purdy led them to a touchdown, a field goal, and a field goal. So for all the people that thought Brock Purdy was going to fold under the pressure, the last three drives of the game, you have to be able to score against Mahomes' team late. And he went touchdown, field goal, field goal. It's not his fault the extra point got blocked. And it still wasn't enough. Yeah, it still wasn't enough right now. Um, what can the Arizona Cardinals learn from Super Bowl 58 right now? Defense is back in vogue, is it not? Defense is back in vogue. When you think of it, you think of the Kansas City Chiefs. I know we all go to Patrick Mahomes. I know we all think of Travis Kelsey. We all think of this high-powered offense, and yet it was Travis Kelsey, and it was Patrick Mahomes, and that defense for the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, Jay Dent, at Jay Dent. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. He was the guy that actually texted me, or not texted me. He was the guy that DM'd me. It was early in the That's season. That's what he did. Early in the season, he told me about the Kansas City Chiefs and their defense. And I took a, hey, you know what? They're going to do? they're gonna have to prove it to me. They're going to have to prove it. And that's, honestly, I'm always going to take that path. Prove it. What's wrong with that? You got a problem with that? Don't tell me about how good you're going to be. Go out and prove it. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs did exactly as that guy said. And they went out and their defense was lights out. All season long for the most part. That's where the Arizona Cardinals are trying to get to as well. And 
We're talking about the line of scrimmage and being more physical on the line of scrimmage. That's where it starts. It's funny you say that because you're right. With the Chiefs, you do. You like you think of Mahomes. You're so conditioned to think of Mahomes. You think of Kelsey. Or, <laughs> you have to think of Kelsey. Otherwise, I'll come up behind you and shove you if you're not thinking of Kelsey. But with the, the defense, it's just kind of like as the season went on, they actually gave up less points than the Niners this season. I think it went... Baltimore was the best, then the Chiefs, then the Niners. Those are the top three teams. Um, not surprising then to see the top two, two of the top three defenses in the Super Bowl. Look, this has been my stance for a while, and I know that this is a lot much easier said than done, but I would love if the Cardinals built their team in the mold of the Niners in the sense, in the sense of what they were maybe like a year or so ago, where before they had like Christian McCaffrey and before before you think offense when you think Niners, I love the idea. You have Kyler Murray on offense, and then you just build one of the best defenses in the NFL. And you've got two very distinct ways you can win any Sunday. If Kyler's on, you're probably going to win. If he's got an off game, your defense might be able to win you that game by itself. This does not preclude them from taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at number four. But I'm saying beyond that, like I I would love all the other resources going into the defense for a while. Like free agents as well? Yeah, and this is something that would take a couple years, obviously. The Niners, and their defense is absurd, some of the guys they get to bring in. like You shouldn't get to bring in Chase Young and Randy Gregory when you already have, and Javon Hargrave, who made a huge play in that game, by the way. Um, But yeah, I just like the idea of having almost a defensive first team while you have a quarterback that can win you games by himself. We've seen him win games, or take over games, I should say, in the second half by himself. Yeah, not only that, too, um, they had a couple of young guys, the Kansas City Chiefs, really come through for them. Trent McDuffie being one of them right now, the mm-hmm. corner. Oh, my goodness. They, they nailed that pick right there, right? Coming out of Washington, University of Washington, of course. Boy, there's a long line of Washington Huskies that have actually come into the National Football League. Yeah, that's right, Mal. Washington Huskies who have come into the National Football League in the secondary in particular. Really, really good. Isn't that right, Buda Baker? Byron Murphy is not at Buda Baker's level, but yeah, there's, it feels like there's just been a pipeline into the league. And I'll tell you one other thing. I'm trying to pull up the exact number for effect, but you can win when you're paying your quarterback. You know what I mean? There's, there's always been... It, like, you look at those two teams, yeah, and you, right. have, you have... You have Brock Purdy making about a million dollars a year. Next year, he's scheduled to make just about one million dollars, just slightly over one million. And that's typically when you want to really strike gold. Is when you have a they don't have to be making one million, but like when Seattle won, Russell Wilson wasn't making much. The first time the Chiefs won, you know, Patrick Mahomes wasn't making much. Now Mahomes next year is scheduled to make fifty-eight million, so fifty-eight times as much as Brock Purdy. But even though he's <laughs> making that much, you can still win. And they still had win. a good team around him. It wasn't just Mahomes. It's a situation, as we all know right now, where you have got to draft well. There, there just is no if, buts, and none of it, yeah. right? You've got to draft well. That's right. What's the saying, Wolf? What's the saying, Wolf? What's the saying? If and or buts. No ifs. Answer, no ifs, ands, and buts, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's what I said. I thought you were going to go Devin Booker no and go if, if ands, ands were or fits, buts. But you didn't. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, I've had three nights or three hours of sleep the last two nights. That's Give me almost a break six hours. I know, almost six. You'd think I'd be spry <laughs> at this point in time. But it really is. It's For me right now, You, the, the thing they can learn is defense. 
Defense is back in vogue in the National Football League. It truly is right now. You gotta have that guy, you gotta have a quarterback, and you better have a defense. All right, we come back back over to basketball. Thaddeus Young is on his way to Phoenix. Do you like the move? And I think we have to play Kevin or Devin. Oh no. Dreading this all show. It's Wolf and Luke at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. See the shots that I took. Red like I'm booked. It's time to play Kevin or Devin on the Wolf and Luke Show. All right. You know, I had this glimmer of hope for a second, Wolf, because Erin Maloney, who never loses anything, lost the standings. But then she found them, and she has them. Yeah. Do you want to go over them, Erin, since you did recover them? Sure. So they're the same as last time since the last game we did this. Book did not play, so it was a push. So I would have been right then. With Wolf and I, we are tied at seven and six. Then it's Rick at three and ten, and then Luke, you're two and eleven. Awesome. Two and eleven. Flip a coin thirteen times. Just think about that. See if you could be wrong. (laughs) Eleven of the thirteen. Two and eleven. Let that sink in. Don't think about it too long. Okay, you know what, smart guy? You get to go first. Oh, okay. <laughs> Game is simple. Now, I'd like to point this out, too. Okay. You may have heard those standings, and you're like, wow, that Luke, he's a loser. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> there are no losers, because that's the whole point of this game. The who? <laughs> the Suns have Kevin and Devin. That's the whole point. We can pick. Some of us will be wrong. Some of us will be right. It doesn't really matter who's wrong or right yeah. because the Suns have both. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of justifying for a 2-11 and 11 record. It does. <laughs> it does. I need to start going down the Rick path of taking Kevin and Devin, and that way at least I'll get closer to 500 at some point. <laughs> All right, Wolf, we'll Okay, man, as I'm looking at the Suns' schedule, I see Booker, Durant, Booker, Beal, Durant, Durant in the last six games. Oh, you're looking for a pattern. I like this. So, I think I'm going to go KD. I think KD's going to go off. And book tomorrow. KD and then book. Can I already say that? Can I write that already? Can I say, you You know know what? what I'm going with KD against Sack, and then I'm going book against Deep. I'm, I'm going to write it down. Okay. And, we're gonna see and I'm going to hold remember. you to it. Okay, yeah. yeah. We're gonna, if, if Wolf tomorrow picks KD, <laughs> we're, we're going to let you hear about it. I, I just said it right now. Okay. I, I'm done. I'm already putting it in. Okay. It's going to go KD and then book. All right, so I decided I was just going to keep taking Durant, right? Yeah. Um, let's see, that was uh, about a week or so ago. It's been Booker every time, except the one time it was Durant, Booker didn't play, so I didn't even get credit for it that No, night. you did not. Rightfully so, I might add. So am I at the point now where I just need to flip to book, play in Sacramento, got the book ones coming out this weekend. I mean, honestly, you're going to flip? I mean, yeah, dig in your heels. I did, and that's how I'm doing 11. (laughs) I don't know, man. Booker's got the shoes coming out on Saturday. I feel like that's got to be worth something. All right, this is the last time. If it doesn't work, give me Kevin. Give me Kevin one more time. He did have 27 against Sacramento last time. For the record, I went 
Kevin Durant. Yeah, I understand. And then Devin Booker. Thank you. All right. Back to back. Rick? I have a feeling that the Kings are going to key on Kevin Durant tonight because of what he did to them last time. I also just feel like the B in Booker, you know, stands for back to back. So I'm going to pick Booker today and most likely tomorrow. I'm not going to put, you know, I'm not going to say definitively right now. Like you Wolf, should not but, be making two picks at the same time. Because that for Rick is four picks, actually. It, it, I, I said just it's just Booker today. Okay. It's not it's just not Booker. Kevin and Devin. It's just Booker. OK, OK. You get that, Wolf? I got it. <laughs> All right, Aaron. I'm going to go Katie. All right, Katie. That was a much easier fit. <laughs> Mel was like, Katie. okay, there wasn't a buildup there at all, Mel. Aaron was like, end this. Yeah, just, you know, just please. If Let's you think about it too much, Katie. then you're going to start second-guessing yourself. You just got to go with your heart. Can't overthink it. Just going with Kevin. Yep. But I, for I the record, it. I'm the only guy that's already made the prediction for tomorrow. That's that's great. Correct? Yes. Yes. But okay. So for the record, basically. You can you can be happy with that until you forget what your pick was tomorrow. And I'm then, not going to okay. forget it. All right. So you went. Okay. That's, I'm calling my shot on that that's one. That's interesting. Both you and Aaron copied my Kevin pick because you know that I'm so right so often. Just not this year. I believe I went first. You did. I know. Yeah, thank you. Just to make sure. And I don't think Aaron heard my picks. I don't think anybody's copying my pick. Not only did I go first, but I also made the prediction for tomorrow night. (laughs) You're not understanding. Anybody can make a prediction for tomorrow. You want me to make one too? Kevin will let me down tonight and I'll take Devin tomorrow. Already. Kevin or Devin or Kevin or Devin. In the future, I'm playing it. (laughs) Wolf's, Wolf, what are we? I'm 2 and 11, Aaron's 7 and 6. Wolf is 27 and 23 right now because he's made the next 30 picks. 7 and 6. Yeah. Uh, Thaddeus Young, now a member of the Phoenix Suns, but his name doesn't rhyme with Kevin or Devin, so he can't be part of the game. 7 and 6 is not 2 and 11. As we all know. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. But if you're 7-7 seven and seven at Kevin or Devin, <laughs> definitely going to let you hear about it. Well, you know how bad you are, you're 2-11. It's not great. <laughs> it's not. And now we're past the range, too. For a while, I was like, okay, but, I mean, we had guest hosts make two of my picks, right? Now my picks are so bad, it doesn't even matter that the guest hosts were wrong a couple and times. speaking of bad, of course, with all the bad teams I've played on, I wasn't once 2-11. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. Saying for all for all the bad teams I played on, we were never two and eleven. Well, were you ever two and twelve? Because that's the new goal. <laughs> that's that's my plan. I could be. I got to stay focused, like Bradley Beal said. If if I do this right, I could be two and thirteen going into the All Star break. I mean, at this point, I need to miss every game possible, right? We got to set some sort of Kevin or Devin record. What are we going to see over the next forty eight hours? What are we going to see? We're going to see a focused Suns team. Well. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think we definitely will tonight. I don't think there's any question about that, right? This this one tonight has the potential feel of a like early round playoff game where a you might be meeting Sacramento in the playoffs. This could easily be the four or five matchup. I guess might be tough with Denver right there, but these teams could easily meet in the playoffs. You have that historic comeback against them uh, earlier this season, just like a month ago, and again that stat. The Suns came back from down 22 with 8-10 left. Okay? Yeah. 
the previous 1,244 teams down 22 in the fourth quarter of an NBA game had lost. And that, there it is. That number's worse than my Kevin or Devin record. Oh, and 1,244. There it is. The stat you need to listen to right now. Just say it one more time for the people out there. Prior to the Suns coming back from down 22 in the fourth against Sacramento in their last meeting, NBA teams were 0 and 1,244 when trailing by 22 oh, in the fourth. Stunning. Going back to 2020. I mean, just I don't know what stunning it was right there. And you know what? That's Think about what Luke just said. And that is the only thing that is keeping the Suns from being 0 and 3 against the Sacramento Kings this year. <laughs> that unbelievable comeback that just doesn't happen, frankly. Yeah. Does not happen. That That is the only thing separating the Phoenix Suns from being 0-3 against the Sacramento Kings this year. Yeah. Yeah, and we had, uh, you know, K-Ray on earlier, um, just last hour, pointed out, you know, if you want to win the season series against Sacramento, you can't lose anymore against them. You had to win that last one. You got to win tonight. You got to win the, the game in April, too. And, and, you know, that's not just a like, hey, this is a goal we set. There's a pretty decent chance you end up tied with Sacramento in the standings at the end of the year. The Suns right now are a half game ahead of them. But if that's the case, then the tiebreaker is head-to-head record. That's why this back-to-back today, of course, and tomorrow, based on means this back-to-back going into the All-Star break is fascinating to me. The reason being is because they're playing one team in the Sacramento Kings who basically have played extremely well against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Extremely well. They're better so far. Save for a 22-point comeback (laughs) with 8 minutes and 10 seconds to go, the Suns would be 0-3 against the Sacramento Kings. The Kings have had the Suns' number for the most part. And then, what's the back end of the back-to-back? It's against the Detroit Pistons. Very bottom of the league. A completely different mentality. Both these games. This is why I love this. A little reveal tonight for the Phoenix Suns in their team chemistry and their team mentality. Dare I say their team toughness. How are you going to ball out tonight? And then how are you going to play tomorrow night? Can't wait to see it. Also, coming back, uh, coming out of that game against Golden State the other night, that game absolutely had a playoff feel. So you you have that as sort of the backdrop for the Suns. And I'll give you this one other stat, because you you brought up one and two against Sacramento this season. Now, to be fair, the first two meetings, they didn't have the big three altogether. The first time they had them all together was that last game, the 22-point comeback. They, Booker, Beal, and Durant combined for 56 points in that game. That is their lowest in a game this season. And they still came back from down 22 in the fourth quarter. That was a, a big Grayson Allen night, if you recall. Nine threes, 29 points. Oh, in that my one. goodness, that's right. And you'll love this, Wolf. He was a plus 21 in that game. So I know you're a big plus-minus guy. Yeah. Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Depends if it fits the narrative. Oh, I understand. That's, that's, that's broadcasting 101. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 62620 right now. Okay, speaking of Devin Booker, his signature shoe is set to be released on Saturday. You know what? I will take Devin tomorrow. <laughs> that's the last game before the signature shoe. Tomorrow, you can go to You just said it right there. You're copying yeah. me. Uh, Devin Booker's signature shoe set to be released Saturday. Our son's guru, Kellen Olsen, sat down with Book for an exclusive look into the creative process. It's pretty cool. There's a story up on ArizonaSports.com right now. Uh, the colors that were chosen, the Nike ad that goes with it. Kellen's going to join us next to go through all of that. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
I just see you out there, Kevin. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports, our son's mega mind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. We always have a lot to talk to Kellen Olsen about, and of course the Suns go out and add Thaddeus Young today, but we're going to start here, Wolf. Uh, Kellen has a story up on ArizonaSports.com right now talking about the Nike Book One shoe release that is going to happen on Saturday. And I tell you, I really appreciate the fact that they have the slideshow of all the different Book Ones that are eventually going to come out here because it's been it's been a uh, it's been a process keeping up with all of them. Kellen Olson joins us right now. He had the exclusive one on one with Devin Booker for the story. He joins us on the Arizona Sports Line. Kellen, what's going on, man? Hey, hello. Hey, what's going on, Killer? It's waiting for Wolf. Just, just another day of basketball stuff. It always, Glad to be here. Sounds like our intros with Kellen are like scripted by somebody who's writing a show about a radio. Just station. another day of basketball stuff. Uh, all right, Kellen. What's uh, before we dive into some of the details of this story? What's what was your main takeaway after sitting down with Book uh, about this? Yeah, it was just great to unpack his uh, brain for 10 minutes just on the creative process that went into this because when I was, like, walking the hallways with him out of the – on the way to the press conference room like a month, month and a half ago, and I just told him, I was like, if people didn't expect you to be handling a shoe release like this, they don't don't know you. And and to that point, like, I've just gotten to know being around him for the last seven, eight years, this whole journey in Phoenix, and he's always been, like, a really creative, insightful guy. So it didn't surprise me at all to see the way that he's been handling this shoe release in a couple of new different ways. You alluded to the slideshow on the site. Uh, the only shoe that is going to be on sale at the moment is the Mirage. Those are the those are the book ones that are coming out first. Those are coming out on Saturday. So like retailers, the sneakers app as well is where those are available. Um, but the other 10 are just player editions, and those are just types of specific colorways that players wear to uh, promote the shoe, show the shoe in different ways. And he really gets into detail in the story what those specific colorways mean. Some of them represent certain points in his career. Some of them represent certain points in his life. Some of them are tributes to old shoes that he wished he could have had uh, when he was younger. So there's just a lot really there to unpack with him. We get into the commercial, all that kind of uh, cool stuff about his uh, creative process. It's been a long time coming. You know, I w- as I was reading your awesome story on ArizonaSports.com, Killer, I was thinking to myself, man, this is, he's going deep. Like, Book was going deep into some of the answers that he was giving you right there. And he's he's been thinking an awful lot about this and this is the manifestation of it all coming to a head right here and all I could think of killer is man I'm glad this is book because because book is not going to be distracted by this you know what I mean I, I to me did he talk about that at all to you about how much time he's spending in this and whether or not it was going to be any type of distraction for him no, I, I don't think it is at all. And and I think that with what he's been working on, you look at what he did in September, that was before the season. I get into it there in the story, just about how like the day in the life sort of footage that he was able to show, but these guys have got a season going on. And I, part of what I, when I asked him about it, I was like, I'm sure you'd be flexing your creative muscles even more right now. If you weren't in the middle of a season that's taking, um, the most of your attention as it should but even still like i think the thing that i love about this wolf is you see all these different shoes that he's been wearing over the course of the season like you think about the amount of foresight that that took 
like months and months of planning, a couple of years of planning to really have the release ready in the way that they want it to uh, come out. So yeah, it's been, it's been cool to see the whole process kind of unfold and the story really just goes into detail. If you weren't really familiar with how hands-on some athletes can be in this kind of situation, you just think it's kind of Nike slapping some dude's name on it, but book has been heavily, heavily involved. He offered three retro classic shoes from the jump as like sort of like a archetype of what he was thinking for with the shoe. Uh, and it turned out pretty good. We're talking to Kellen Olson. Kellen, I remember when we talked to him back at media day, when we had him on the show and we talked about the shoes and he said, you know, the most important thing was to kind of tell the story of his life. And he's not somebody that necessarily talks about that a lot. And so he wanted to accomplish that through the shoes. It certainly feels like he has done that. And I tell you, another part of your story that really stood out was just how intentional he was about making sure some people behind the scenes get credit for, uh, for what they're doing, like Wilson Smith, the third, uh, and just some of the, the, stuff that like he's so invested in the behind the scenes process with the actual design of the shoes do you know if, if most athletes are this into it yeah, he knows like the history of it I, I think they are but he's just an exception with every single matter of it like i think that some guys who get a signature shoe were big shoe fans growing up or some guys uh getting a signature shoe are going to like include People like Wilson Smith III, Sean Marion, Diana Tarazi, uh, his family, his dog, like including all that kind of stuff in this big moment. Because what, what I wrote in there is like, this is really just kind of his introduction to like, for many people, this is going to be how they start to get to know him on this kind of level. Like we've got to know him here in the Valley for a while now, of course, but on this like international stage that happens when you release a shoe like this. It's kind of that. So that by default kind of makes this like a, a huge moment for him creatively. And you can tell the amount of care that he put into it and the amount of thought that he put into it. The commercial that Nike has airing, you mentioned Wilson Smith III. That's the guy when Devin Booker went to the Nike campuses in the Pacific Northwest was the guy who toured him through what they call the DNA facility, which is where all the archives are, the shoes. And Wilson Smith III was the guy who was like the storyteller and the historian telling him all this stuff. And that's the guy that he wanted to be telling the story to the kids with the literal book of, of the book one. So everything kind of comes full circle for him and he always finds ways to uh, do that. It's been cool to see him do it to this scale, which is like a signature shoe with Nike. This is, I think I, I haven't said this, or I didn't even write this. Like this cements him as a superstar. Anyone who has a signature shoe with Nike is a superstar. And if he wasn't, uh, viewed as one for some reason by now, then this, this doesn't. Yeah, we've already known Devin Booker is a superstar, no doubt about it. What were his favorites, Killer? He said in a, in a very book answer that it goes by the day and how he's feeling. He, he wouldn't give me he wouldn't give me one that specifically is like his go to necessarily. But if you pay attention to his feet during pregame warmups uh, when he's out there by himself, like he will be tonight and tomorrow. And then what he's wearing uh, during the game, we'll see. I'm guessing it's going to be a lot of the mirage for the next week, rightfully so, to get the promotion going. Uh, Kellen, before we let you go, we have to ask you about Thaddeus Young now that he – it feels like he's been rumored to the Suns for like three years, not quite as long as Eric Gordon, but it feels like this this was coming for a couple of years. What do you think about the move? Yeah, I, I think it's a good move. I think that the impact that it is going to have, we're going to have to wait and see. I think that he's going to ultimately be a pretty situational player for him. He gives them a lot more of a passing option out of a backup big. And then the where the area he differentiates himself the most from Nurkic and Eubanks is defensively. He's got really good hands. He's always been a good steals and blocks guy. Um, so some defensive versatility there. The switchability is where you wish you would have gotten him five years ago. He, he is 35 the other day, so it's keeping up with guards and stuff. That's not going to be something he's able to do. 
but he's a really intelligent defender and just a pro. So you're going to be able to put him in there in certain situations, and he's going to be able to give you uh, what, what you want. But is this like a full-time replacement for Drew Eubanks, or is this like their full-time answer to like what happens when Yusuf Nurkic isn't on the floor in the playoffs? Um, I, I don't know, and I, and I don't think so to – put it more bluntly and it probably won't be. And that's the reality of the buyout market. But I think that they got a useful piece here. You can't be too uh, picky with the buyout market and expect too much, but he's going to be just like Royce O'Neal is going to be a pro who knows what he's doing out there. It's going to help you on defense a little bit and make some smart passes too. Well, Killer, thank you, man. Thank Appreciate you, your time, buddy. Thanks guys. That's Kellen Olson joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. And yeah, definitely check out the story on Arizona Sports. He has a slideshow with all the uh, the different... Uh, he's got the uh, the Mirage ones that are coming out on Saturday, but uh, all the different player editions that have been worn over the course of the season. Some of these are... Uh, he goes through books inspiration for him, too. Are the Mirage the the gray? The gray? Yes. Cool. I, I love the grays. Yeah. There's, well, there's there's... There's the cool gray, and then there's just the mirage that is, they are gray-ish, but they're not the cool gray. Okay, cool. And then, yeah, I like cool the gray. cool gray. I like the, uh, I mean, there's quite a few of these, but the chapter one's apparently inspired by his time in Phoenix. So I'm guessing if those become available, Suns fans are going to jump all over uh, those ones. All right, so when we come back, let's talk a little baseball because pitchers and catchers are reporting this week, and the Diamondbacks' first spring training game is a week from Friday, believe it or not. It's Wolf and Luke and Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns versus Kings. Pre-game tonight at 7 on Arizona Sports 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. All right, we got uh, we got baseball coming up real soon here, Wolf. Have you set Incredible. up all your fantasy baseball drafts yet? As a matter of fact, I have not. Oh. You know I don't play fantasy football or baseball or basketball or any of that. Did you even know there was fantasy baseball? Yeah, okay. of course. That's how it started. Is It, it is how it started, yeah, isn't it? that's exactly how it this. started. I came in here trying to be like, hey, look at this, Wolf. And you were like, I have the history of it right here. Well, uh, spring training is starting you know, the games start next Friday. Um, we're going to be out there for three of them, I think. At least three. Three? I three. thought it was two. Okay, okay, I'll take three. I'll be out there for three, and Wolf okay, will be missing no, one of the shows. <laughs> Wolf will be in studio. Love going out to Salt River Fields. Did you, now I have to ask, did you RSVP for all three, or did you only RSVP for two? I, I thought it was three, <laughs> okay. but I did. Okay, yeah. okay, good. Interesting. <laughs> I thought it was three, and yet I think we're only going twice. I don't want to be out there doing a show by myself in yeah. left field. Okay, I'll, we'll get, I'll get right on. We'll that. get Zach Allen to wander. Let me out check that. Um, there's a story Bob Nightingale has up on USA Today, and he kind of just goes through a bunch of Major League Baseball notes. But the Diamondbacks are pretty prevalent in it for for a variety of reasons. Like he he goes through the 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 best contracts from this offseason in terms of team friendliness, and he has Lourdes Gurriel Jr., number one. Um, he also has this little snippet from their trade for Christian Mania with the White Sox. Uh, it says, again, this is Bob Nightingale, quote, the White Sox had their choice between outfielder Jake McCarthy or Dominic Fletcher for D-backs pitching prospect Christian Mania before uh, taking Fletcher. Certainly they relied heavily on the advice of assistant GM Josh Barfield, who was the D-backs former farm director, unquote. There's a lot in those two sentences. Yeah. um, First of all, I I like Jake McCarthy. I like him a lot. I don't think he's done. I know last year was not great for him. He had 243 
um, had under 300 at-bats on the season, I believe. The year before that, he had 283 with 321 at-bats. Um, look, I, I think... I think that he's more 2022 than 2023. And I think we'll see that when given the opportunity this year. We'll see. I I hope you're right. And if he is, he is, I mean, even last year he had 26 stolen bases, which is remarkable because he didn't have a ton of hits last year. Yeah, the year before he had what, 23? 23, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, he he had the average and everything. I just When he is at his best, he fits what they're trying to do perfectly. But it's just interesting that, you know, it sounds like Bob Nightingale doesn't make stuff up. It sounds like McCarthy was available if the yeah. White Sox wanted him. And it sounds like the White Sox didn't necessarily want him. So that's, I mean, it's it's one season. What is How old is he? He's like 20, he's 26. Okay. Yeah, but still, right. I mean, it's still pretty early. Yeah, still pretty early. And, you know, again, we'll see how it goes for Jake McCarthy. But the guy is so athletic and um, hit a did really well in terms of hitting 283. I thought that was a very respectable average for a guy that was getting a lot of exposure for the first time. This is uh, Ken Rosenthal was on. This is from Fair Tour, uh, Territory yesterday talking about the Diamondbacks potentially not even being done this offseason. Reportedly are in on a right-handed bat to complement Peterson at DH. Fam, Duval, Grichik, or no more moves left for them. I'd be a little surprised if they did this, but if the price drops enough on any of those players, and I don't necessarily expect that it will, sure, they might look for one more bat. If you remember, they've already added Lourdes Gurriel Jr., free agent that was returning to the team, and Eugenio Suarez at third base. That's two right-handed hitters. They've got Peterson now. Peterson, of course, hits righties much better than lefties, though he hasn't gotten much of a chance against lefties in recent years. The Diamondbacks' payroll right now is at a record level, $142 million, record for their franchise. Can they go a little bit higher, four, five, six million? I guess, but that's a question for their owner, Ken Kendrick. You know, just the fact you said Eugenio. Suarez. I know. He did it. <laughs> I mean, if he's telling you, did I do it right there? Was I okay on that? A- Eugenio. Eugenio. We're going to have to really work on that. Eugenio Suarez. Come on, man. I mean, give me something here. I'm trying to figure out if we can play a baseball version. I mean, version. Rick, did I say that right? Yeah, what, what rhymes with Eugenio? Eugenio. 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 We need something that rhymes with that okay. for a game. Come on, stop. All right, well, we got time. Eugenio. Yeah. Look at how the way it's just coming out of me right now when, at this when, point in time. Whenever we interview him, you're going to introduce him. Okay? <laughs> Eugenio Suarez. But you can't Man, ask just, him if you got it right. You got to. You have to convey confidence when you say it. You know, well, I thought I did right there yeah. just saying it. You did, um, but then you asked Rick for reassurance. It does make you feel like you could travel abroad. You could go anywhere just by saying Eugenio. And then people would be like, oh, Diamondbacks off Oh, my off-season. goodness, this yeah. guy's bilingual. <laughs> that's what people would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nope, that's it. That's that's how you become bilingual. Just one one word with multiple syllables. Um, he also, uh, talking about Bob Nightingale, ranked the teams that he feels had the best offseason, okay? And he narrowed it down to three. Man. He's got the Dodgers, who literally spent $1.2 billion, so I wonder why they had such a good offseason. The Baltimore <laughs> Orioles... And he has the Arizona Diamondbacks third on the list. Did you say one point two billion? Billion, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, billion <laughs> with a B. B. 
But the game of baseball is fair. Totally fair. Major League Baseball is totally fair. It's a level playing field. If you combine the other 29 teams in baseball, they almost spent that much. <laughs> almost. You know, um, yeah, it's ridiculous. We all know it's ridiculous. And yet the expectation level for the Arizona Diamondbacks is not. And it is high, isn't it? Some of these publications that are coming out right now, I know for the athletic, Jim Bowman, actually the former general manager of, uh, who was it? Was it the Reds? The Reds. Am I thinking of the right guy? Yes. The Reds and Washington Nationals. That's who I was, yeah, I was forgetting that right there. Wrote a column about the Diamondbacks and how, how good he thought they were going to be this year. And he said, you know what, they're a playoff team. They're back in the postseason right now. That's what he thinks. But, you know, you got to go play, right, Mike Hazen? You got to go play, right, Tori Labella? You got to go play. I'll be, it's just listening to you say that, I'll be really disappointed if they don't make the playoffs this year. And when's the last time you remember going into a D-back season? Yes. And, and truly, said that, yeah, look, we want them to make the playoffs every year. I get it. But they just went to the World Series, and they're better. At least on paper. They are better on paper. There's no denying And they it. should be better even aside from paper. The intangibles of guys improving, Improving. Too. Huge. So that that is more likely to show up over the course of 162 games than over the playoffs. Like I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm disappointed if they don't go to the World Series. Because you could, you could have a one bad game in a playoff series and you're done. But... Over 162 games, like I'm, I'm like closer to like 90 plus wins, and I know Vegas is still at 83 and a half. And every player inside that clubhouse is going to have to deal with what do you do when nobody expects you to do something, and then what do you do when it is expected of you? How much more pressure will you feel, and how will you deal with that pressure? I really wanted to call for an impromptu power pull of like your top five storylines to watch with the D-backs this season, but we have uh, 18 seconds. Do you think you could do it in 18 seconds? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the spirit. Okay, that's going to be it for us. D-backs start uh, spring training next Friday, first game next Friday. Thanks to uh, Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.